powering up essential systems. Booting root C slash audio logs. Reviewing previous data cells. Repairing audio files. Aw, uh, thanks Craig. Now recording. I think it's Apocalypses. Uh, I went with the Battle Babe. Bigger McGregor. A smooth talking, fast talking grifter. I was thinking concept wise. Um, and people keep getting hurt, and nobody stays not hurt. His name is uh, Rex Kilgore. He's a he's a massive man from the uh, city of Newer Orleans down in the south. All he's learned is how to take orders and to shoot orders. There's a dystopia where like all of the citizens have hardware installed in their heads. I was just gonna say that dystopia is actually terrifying. <laughs> like he's not he's not the moral backbone in that way. It's Mark Zuckerberg's head in a tube. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> It's just someone pretending to be Mark Zuckerberg. Alrighty, thank you everyone for coming and listening to this, the first fully, like, fleshed out session of Dystropia. We have the characters all set and ready to go, especially if you listen to the last session. We have everything figured out and filled in that needed to be from that one. And so if everyone is ready, I think we're good to jump on in and get going. Heck yes. I'm ready. Perfect. Okay, so imagine we we have this this the blown up view like uh you're like if an astronaut from the International Space Station kind of you know where we looked at we look at the world you you know, you listen to the box box text and you saw the you know the apocalypses ravage the world and things kind of change a little bit think think like day after tomorrow and then we just kind of slowly start zooming in you know where what looks of you know it starts out we move towards the the continental U.S. and then we start moving towards the uh, New England area of the new of the U.S. and we we just keep we keep zooming and we keep going closer and closer and closer until eventually we start to pick out details of of a, a settlement a city. You see different buildings come up. Some of them in the center of the city seem a bit more polished and more put together. And as it goes out towards the edge, it becomes more ramshackle. Um, but uh, everything looks relatively put together. The the streets actually make some sense. The whole place seems to be built as a, as a new development. It's not built off of the bones of anything else. Says. As we can see coming in, um, there's a some walled stations. You see some some towers, and as we we zoom in, we see this official-looking building. It's it's relatively tall compared to everything else. There's places next to the 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 front doors where we see just these long blue banners hanging from there. And there's nothing on the banners per se. It's just a uh, a way to designate that this building is official and 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 special. Um, as we we continue to to move in and get closer and closer to the scene we we move through the doors and we start to see the inside of this building it's it's clean it's it's well kept and eventually we get to our we get to a little antechamber outside of what looks like the the like what what, what would be equivalent to like the mayor's room and we see someone sitting there they're just quietly waiting they're about 20 minutes early for a, a meeting of some sort which one of you is that i suppose that's me uh, I wouldn't say waiting so much as lounging, as more okay. appropriate. 
I don't know what passes for a waiting room magazine, but uh, whatever there is uh, in, in this apocalypse realm, McGregor's sitting there quietly flipping through it, humming softly to himself. Alrighty. Uh, Gregor, how, what, you, you describe yourself as, as lounging. What does, what does that look like? So the, the chairs in the waiting room, uh, he's sort of seated on the edge and is slumped back. Uh, his feet are stretched out in front of him a little bit, probably one foot, uh, sitting on top the, the toe of the other, and uh, just idly watching people as they come through and, and, uh, reading his his magazine whatever it is Mm -hmm. how busy is this place like how many how many how much time are you spending just people watching i think that that's one of gregor's uh favorite pastimes he he likes to know who's who and uh who's about and he he likes to be plugged in to the currents of of what's going on that's perfect so we we see we see gregor lounging in his in the chair you know very very relaxed just just chilling there waiting um, we pan out of the out of the building and we we see we see one person they're just they're walking in the street they're they're gonna be there on time they're just they're heading through the streets um, making their way towards the building which one of you is that that's gonna be Rex alrighty Rex what kind of things do you see on your walk to the to the the center building Rex is mostly on the lookout for people um you know he's been trained to really try to look and see what people are up to, how what they're looking at, uh, how they carry themselves, um, looking out for any potential threats. Although in somewhere like this, um, he's not on an active job right now. So he's a little bit more at ease, but some of that training is still going to him. His eyes are always darting back and forth, looking amongst the crowds as he walks with purpose towards the building. I just was curious. So this is like a, I mean, this is a crazy world. Uh, and the people here in Eden, I, imagine are like pretty diverse i'm just curious like with rex's trained eye like do the people seem dangerous or do they or is there like a mix you know it doesn't seem like there are you know some people are carrying their guns of course you have to in this kind of world i presume um if they're carrying their guns around rex is always keeping an eye out on where those are and uh if anyone seems like they might make a reach for theirs at any point for any crazy reason. There's a bunch of crazy people out here. Um, but for the most part, it seems like everyone in Eden is not going to jump out at any moment and be insane. And that's kind of one of the things that's putting him at ease here, I think. They seem a little bit more peaceful than some of the places he's gone through in recent times. Okay, that leads me to have one question for you. So if some other people have their are, are armed as they go. How many of your guns and weapons are you carrying on your person right now as you stroll towards the, the building? Um, well, Rex is carrying all three of his guns on him then. He's got his minigun on his back, he's got his uh, shotgun like to his side, and he's got his uh, rifle on his other side, his uh, main one that he uses. Rex has the ability to, you know, really quickly reach for one if he needs to, but uh, he's, again, he's a bit at ease, so he doesn't feel like he needs to keep his hand anywhere near them. Okay, so it sounds it sounds to me, you know, Rex. So Rex is walking. He's walking through the streets. He's walking with purpose. He knows exactly where he's going. He's moving steadily. Maybe not super fast, but steadily. He's he's keeping an eye out for threats. He's looking left and right, giving every eye on everyone with his piggy little eyes. And everyone, man, there is no resistance. Like if there was a crowd at any point, they the, they part the Red Sea for you. Like you, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a terrifying presence to to behold. If you're not like immediately scary, like everyone knows you are a threat off the bat. He is massive. He is not to be messed with. This is the kind of guy that if he is walking in your direction, you move out of the way. Because <laughs> if you don't, you might get run over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, I mean, your, your armor is cobbled together, so... Uh, or homemade, I should say. So is that is that like just like miscellaneous pieces of like police gear that have been just like scrounged from places or is it like hand welded metal plate? It's kind of a mix of both. Um, you know, sometimes good intact armor or clothing is hard to find around here. So sometimes you got to rig stuff up a little bit through welding. So it's kind of like mismatched bits that have been welded and fused together into what looks like a very cobbled together but highly functional um, pieces of armor despite the fall of civilization i feel like the spirit of the second amendment is alive and well here in eden <laughs> just just casual minigun down the street just like a a, a gun toting hobo he's got it all on his back you gotta do what you gotta do all righty so rex you make it to you make it to the building you head up go inside um the uh, receptionist at the front desk looks at you, shudders, and then lets you pass. Um, <laughs> and eventually, you make it. You make it to the to the room where Gregor is lounging. Does either of you particularly react when you see the other person waiting here or arriving? Um, could I have some context of why I'm showing up here? Uh, yes, yes. So you you've done um, some contract security work for Eden before. I um, mean, you're currently under contract to to do that. Um, and so you've you've just rec- you've received uh, word that you have a, um, a a meeting with your with your superior. I think that uh, you can definitely see Gregor's eyes aren't focused on the uh, Welcome to Eden information pamphlet that he's holding. Rex walks in, and uh, he sees McGregor. It's Gregor McGregor. Yep. He sees McGregor uh, sitting down, takes a look at him, and goes, "It hey are Greg." I was it uh, going this morning? Uh, Rex, you uh, murdered anyone on the way in here? <laughs> I don't do no murdering. That's not in the job description. <laughs> Quiet morning for you, then. Yeah, I'd say so. You part of this meeting coming up? Yes, sirree. Any idea what the mayor has in store for us? I got no idea. New job, maybe? Well? Always like those. Should be uh, not too much longer. If things can start on time for once around here. And conveniently with that, um, the, the door to the, the chamber opens up and you see a, a man. He's the one who's opened the door. He is average in literally every way. He's average height. He has brown eyes, uh, kind of a light brown hair, average, average build. He is the definition of an average Joe. And so he, you know, he opens the door and he signals to y'all and he says, she is ready to see you. And just stands aside to let you walk through the door. We stroll on in. Rex leads. Cheers, Joe. And he tucks the pamphlet in his front pocket as he walks past. <laughs> he looks down at it and looks back up to you. Just but you've already left. Okay, so you walk in and you see a woman seated behind a desk. Oh, it's a broad desk. It's covered in it's covered in stuff, but it's all organized. You know, there's a stack of papers here. What looks like to be a furled map on on one end. It's it is a busy desk, but it is is well under control. On the front end of the desk, you see a, a little a little name plaque, and that name plaque reads Catherine Slater. Madam Mayor, how are you today? She looks up at you and, and says, I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. Not many people do. You know, with 
everything being as crappy as it is, they're all focused on themselves. But I'm very glad <laughs> that we have a nice soul in you. She's just cheery. This is great. <clears throat> I, I love the mayor. I'm ready. We, we've known her for two seconds. I don't know if she's actually a mayor or not. I don't... Maybe her title is Overlord, but Madam Mayor. <laughs> so yeah, so she, she greets you and she's, as you, as you can tell, she's very, very chipper. She is kind of like, in this room, she's a ray of sunshine and it's, it's very nice. Rex, how do, you, how do you respond to someone being this peppy? Professionally, I've got no, Rex has no reason to uh, be wary of someone this happy. Now, if their movements were a little crazy, like maybe they're not normally this happy and there's something else going on, then he might be a bit wary. But uh, this is normal for her. You know, this is Rex's, you know, superior. So he's uh, going to treat her professionally. Already. She, so she kind of like leans herself up over the desk a little bit, you know, that like moving, lifting herself slightly out of a chair so you can get a, a better look around. And she kind of, kind of frowns a little bit, goes, hmm, there's, supposed to be three of you terry is there anyone out in the still out in the hallway and terry uh, shakes his head he's now closed the door behind all of you and he's in the room too Catherine kind of sits back down in her chair and and says well we we need to get moving so whenever whenever they show up we'll we'll make it we'll make it work and with that we'll smash cut uh bravo niner why are you running late to this meeting okay so bravo niner is in the in the workshop in eden where he works and he is he's working on like the last touches on a project and he looks up at the clock that's in the room the analog clock and he he like nods his head like okay he looks back down and then he like his hands stop and like his eyes shoot back up to the clock and oh shoot and he like drops everything and he starts running down the street just as fast as he can to get towards the, uh, is it the mayor's office? What what is what is this building where we're all? Is meeting? it even the mayor? So this it's it's really just the, it's the biggest building in town. It's it's kind of like the the just the, it's the government building. Um, but it you know because it's such a it's a such a small settlement and be kind of the biggest building in town. It serves the purpose of everything. Um, you know the mayor's office is here, the police department is here, the fire department doesn't exist. Everyone's got a bucket somewhere. So. Keep it full of water, my friends. Okay. Uh, Bravo, like, runs up, uh, throws the door open, uh, like, starts to starts to run towards the room, but then he, like, stops at the desk. There's a front desk, right? Yes. Yes, there is. He stops at the desk, turns, and, like, kind of, like, looks, like, awkwardly and expectantly uh, at, the, at the person at the front desk and, like, feels his pockets. And, like, is... Uh, kind of thing like am i supposed to have like a show a name tag or anything and he just like looks at them and he's like uh, can i can i go you can i go it's so the uh the person the person at the front desk puts the uh like lowers their welcome to eat an info pamphlet and looks up at you and and says uh what are you here for again uh meeting 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 with the uh mayor that i don't know anything about but i'm supposed to be in there like five minutes ago works for me and she puts the, the pamphlet back up in front of her face okay he he throws open the door, walks in. I am so sorry, but in my defense, I don't know who designed analog clocks. They don't make any sense. With all with all the destruction in this world, why have they served? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he takes a seat. Terry's Terry's in the background, just nodding in agreement to your your comment about analog clocks. 
and Catherine says, well, now that we've got everyone, I guess we can, we can begin. So Catherine, she, she's, uh, kind of like plants her hands on her desk. It's a, a bit of a, it's kind of like that set that imagine someone like settling into, you know, it's like, Hey, it's time for the meeting. I need to, I need to orate and just like settling in. And so she, she begins and she, she starts talking. She says, thank you everyone for coming here to help us out. I, as you know, I am, I am Catherine Slater. I serve multiple purposes to the uh, burgeoning community of Eden. I am the civil and uh, security leader here, but I will soon uh, be gaining a new title with the help of you three. This title will soon be the director of the Unity Initiative. And if I have any say in it, we will be changing that name. But at that, Bravo Niner, he kind of like his eyes like dart around really quickly. And then he like sits very still and just like looks forward and just tries to have like a blank and passive face. And she she notices that she goes like, you don't need to you don't need to worry, Bravo. All of us, all of us here at Eden are are dedicated to creating a free society from which we have we have some some little beginning of here. There's a lot of societies that aren't that way. You have all interacted with at least one of them at, at some point. You know, some of you have come from them, and we want to help as many people as we can to get out of those. So, uh, how do we fit into the picture, Madam Mayor? Well, I'm glad you've asked. With a lot of these these communities, our official di- our official uh, diplomatic means have been uh, stonewalled. A lot of these communities seem to thrive on the idea that there's nothing outside of them. And so when we try to, you know, send people in with uh, just to open the lines of communication, they some of them come back and others others don't. But either in any case, we haven't been able to make any progress. So, Ms. Slater, the, that means that we're uh, we're diplomats now or what? Bravo Niner tries to hold back a laugh at the thought of um at the thought of Rex Kilgore, the diplomat. <laughs> well, Mr. Kilgore, in in our deliberations, we have decided that we are not necessarily done playing nice, but we need to be a bit more forceful up front. And so your job description, your title will be whatever you choose it to be, if that makes any sense. Your, your job is simply to go in and help these people out. And if that if you find your best way to do that, be diplomacy. I am all for it. If you're if you find your best way to do it is using your friend Opera, I don't need to know about it. Yeah. All right. At this, uh, Gregor looks up from where he was trying to read all of the papers on the mayor's desk upside down and says, "So, what exactly are you saying, madam?" I'm going to. As the MC, so I'm gonna say this, and then I'll I'm gonna push you to make a move. Okay. Okay. So one of so she says, I am asking you to help me liberate these our neighboring communities from their horrible, horrible dictators and tyrants with with whatever means you deem necessary. So that's what she says. I'm gonna I'm gonna push you to make a move. I want you to read the situation oh excellent let's roll some dice let's roll some dice first dice roll the first that dice is roll. yep starting out well that's a 12 plus uh read a situation is cool that is a total of a 13 
Alrighty, so you can ask, let's see, on a 10 plus, ask three, and you have to ask from the from the list. Or actually, um, this feels more like reading a person than a situation. I apologize. Okay. So it's it's just a different it's just a different list of questions. Okay, so the questions you can ask for ask um, you have a hold hold three, so you can ask these at any time during the conversation, or you can ask them all right now. Is your character telling the truth? What's your character really feeling? What does your character intend to do? What does your character wish I'd do? How could I get your character to do blank? Uh, I think I want to ask what is she really feeling? So Catherine is. She's feeling um, some mixed emotions. You could say it's it's a couple of things. She's a little she's a little nervous because she really wants this to work. Um, she she believes in this, um, and so on the other, on the the same token, you know, she's nervous because she wants you guys to um, accept this so it can work. Um, but she's also like very passionate because she is she is very behind this um, this initiative, and she she believes that it is the the right thing to do. Okay, she's genuine. I might hold on to my other two questions as we continue to talk here. Okay. Uh, Bravo just... <laughs> Bravo, like, starts to, like, raise his hand, and then he, like, decides that this is not a situation where he needs to raise his hand, and he just says, So, why? Why? Why, why, do, you want, why do you want us to go into other communities and uh, bring them down? Bring him down, I think, is a bit of a a crass way to to put it. We're we're trying to liberate them. the The issue the issue isn't that the people are bad. The issue is that they've got bad leadership who don't want to listen or work with anyone else. I mean, Bravo, you you would know this better than almost any of us here. You were one of those good people held down by their by their regime. One of the rare few. I don't think. I don't think Siliconia is a regime of good people. I don't, I think it, he like cools off and then he just stops talking about that. What I don't understand is, okay, they, they're, they're, they're bad. The people over there, they're not free, but why, what, why are we freeing them? And she, with that, she looks at you with a little bit of a, a little, a little quizzically. She says, you don't want people to be free to make their own choices, to live their life the way that, that they decide, to be able to explore their own, their own ideas, their own, their own passions, to maybe, maybe if that means leaving a community to go and explore somewhere else, to being able to do that. I don't, I don't understand why it's such a bad idea to free the, the human mind and uh, enable it to to follow it, follow itself wherever it, it deems a, a good and a necessary path to go. Oh. Okay. Hmm. I think... I think I understand. I've, uh, I've got a real question. Uh, how much does it pay? Well, um, besides the warm, fuzzy feelings that you get from helping your fellow man, <laughs> mm. uh, we here in Eden, are prepared to basically cover you. Um, room and board and a little bit of a little bit of jingle in your pocket to, to spend here in here in town. I think that's a... I think not having to worry about your where you're going to sleep at night or whether or not you're going to eat seems like a pretty good 
a pretty good deal in the uh, post-apocalypse. Mm. So roughly the same as before. That's good enough. It's it's a little different than before. You get to feel good about your work. I felt fine about my work before, but uh, whatever you say, Mrs. Slater. <laughs> All right. She she nods and she says, "Oh, I I really I really should introduce you to one of the one of the the great people you'll be working with." And she points at the in the back of the room to where uh, Terry has been standing. She says, "This is Terry. He is our he's our specialist that we have, and he's." He specializes in transportation and uh, cartography. He's in, in short, he's the one who knows where things are and how to get you there. And so, you know, Terry kind of raises his hand and waves a little bit from the back of the room. Oh, Terry, how is is your compass still working since I fixed it? Um, and Terry goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The compass, the compass is doing is doing much, much better now that it uh, actually has the needle in it. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering. I should get you, you a chain a for one of those. <laughs> the ground can be hard sometimes. I'm gonna get you a chain for that too. You know, remind me that before we leave. <laughs> yep, Terry. Terry nods. So, Terry, are you gonna be joining us in the field? Oh no, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not great for. Uh, not great for field work, you know those. Uh, and he just kind of gets this distant look in his eyes. And they kind of go wide, and he just thousand yard stare. He's like, "I've had too many dealings with the walkers. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not." And he starts hyperventilating. He gets and Catherine. Catherine stands up from behind the desk. And she goes over. And she she puts a hand on his shoulder. He's like, "It's okay, Terry. It's okay. The zombies are only in North Dakota. We're safe here." And so that's that. That is that. That interaction plays out. Um. To to Catherine, this this interaction is is starting to wind down. You know, we've we've talked about the the overarching thing and answered Rex's um, immediate question about about payment. If there's anything that any of you would like to to say or any directions you'd like to push the conversation before it moves towards the the end of it, um, now's a great time to speak up. Uh, yes, uh, Miss Slater, what is our first target? I am glad that you asked. The our first uh, community that we will be that we'll be uh, sending you off to help is a a little place. It's actually not too far from here. If you were uh, to if you were to walk, it'd only be like two or three days. It's a a little community. Um, they they've named themselves uh, Denu Funk. I I can barely pronounce that, so we're just gonna call them Community One. At least I am. But they're they're a just a, a little settlement. They're a little bit to the a little bit to the west of us, and we've we've been able to learn a little bit about them. They have a, a they're they're mostly based off of uh, uh, farming and um, and manufacturing. That's how they they are subsisting. That's how they they stay together. I mean, and you can see as she's as she's settling into this like more of a briefing. She's she's falling into a rhythm, and so you know she's she's talking about how they how this this community they are. They're mostly they they all they work together together really well. They've got a couple of factories and some and some you know meager meager farming to allow them to to subsist for themselves. But she, as she as she continues, she goes beyond the physical structures in the in the village. We're not super sure about what all is going in there. We've sent a a couple of a couple of people in there to figure things out. We've only been able to maintain maintain contact with with one of them. He's he's in there under the under the code name Golden One. He chose that himself. He's very proud of it. Um, and we have we have another another 
uh, person in there. She's from she's she's a person that we've worked with in the past. She's not directly working in this one right now, but she's she's a, a friendly face. You'll you'll meet her in there in there at some point when we when you go into to to figure things out. But is this yeah, I'm, is a sorry, Madam Mayor. Didn't mean to cut you off there. Is oh, uh, you're all, you're all good, honey. Is settlement one uh, one of the ones that uh, responded to your diplomatic overtures? Absolutely not. Did they shoot the messenger? I don't know how they did it to the messenger. They didn't come back. So right. is Golden One um, undercover? And she she leans in like all conspiratorially just to to amp up the drama. She goes, "Yes, he's in there. He's in there deep. They don't, as far as we know, they don't understand that he's actually from us. So he's doing great. I'm really proud of him." How do we know who Golden One is, and how does he know who we are? Do we have a code word? Or a picture? Um, yeah, so she she doesn't have a a picture of him of him per se. Um but she can she can tell you she can tell you what he what he looks like. Oh, okay. Yeah, she can tell you what he looks like. So she describes him as a as a, a short little fellow, um kind of he's got he's got dark curly hair. And she also she also tells you that that Golden One has he's been informed that a that a, a team is coming to aid him. So he's he's on the lookout for uh, people from the outside coming into the village. Perfect. When do you uh, when do you want us to leave? Well, um, you can you can leave whenever you feel that you are ready. I would prefer that it be um, within the next two days. Um, time time is. Of the essence, at least for Golden Boy, the less time he spends undercover, the less time they can find him. So, once you feel prepared and ready to go, you are free to do so. All right, let's go. No, Rex gets up. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad to see the the spirit. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'll Rex. I'll. I'll need to gather some stuff. Uh. How about tomorrow morning? Hmm. Okay, sounds good. Gregor, tomorrow morning? I'll see you boys then. We'll meet at the uh, West Gate. Don't be late again. You don't be early. Never mind, never mind. Alrighty, perfect. So she, you know, she, she, she dismisses you. You're, you're able to, to leave the room and you all, you all walk, walk out to the, I guess like the steps leading up to the building and we get, we just get this, this little, this little screenshot, like this little vignette of the, the three of you standing in front of the doors, you're looking, looking up from like the bottom of the stairs at the, uh, up at the building and, and the, the banners that are waving a little bit in the wind. Um, I think right now would be a really good time for us to do hex with the, with each other. Who would like to start us off with that? Well, I guess I can start, uh, contextually, this is just like, sorry, um, this is just like background as opposed to like, I'm actually asking them these questions. Correct. These are, okay. and I'll, I'll be asking questions to flesh this out and help to give the world some, a bit more, a bit more depth and meat. A lot of this session is really kind of just going to be following you guys around for this day as you, you know, prepare for your, your mission tomorrow and interact with people. Okay, cool. All right. I'm ready then. All righty. So, uh, which one of you once left Rex bleeding and did nothing for him? <laughs> uh, I think I did. I think you came in to the shop to 
to get a piece of weaponry fixed and um we we fixed it but there was maybe there was like a a jagged edge made from a mistake and uh it, you uh you uh cut your you know got a got a pretty 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 nasty cut and uh bravo was uh unsympathetic because you were holding it wrong No, I don't really like that. I don't. I don't want. Gra I don't want Bravo to be un unlikable. And I feel like I'm kind of violating the spirit of the question. Okay, left bleeding. How are we gonna? Yeah. Man, this is dark if we're leaving each other bleeding. Got to self-preserve sometimes. That's true. That's uh, probably me then. Uh, if we worked together on a previous operation, and I said, "You take him, I'll take him," and. Uh, after I took care of my guy, I could just kind of let you you finish with yours. Didn't jump in and help. So you you left me there. Yeah, sure. Well, all right. So you you described it as um, I think we were following a couple of suspects, and they caught wise to us, and they uh, they split and went opposite directions. And after I took care of my guy, I I didn't follow up with Rex, and and he maybe got shot as a result of it. One of many bullet holes that I'm sure riddles Rex's body. Okay. I like it. Who were the who were the people that you were you were after? Was uh it was the Crimson Cobras. <laughs> <laughs> the most fearsome of all the cobras. Hey man, they're you know you know why they're the Crimson Cobras. Uh they get bloody. Alright, uh, so are they like a, a street gang in Eden or are they a different area? Um, you know, they're a gang that kind of travels around outside terrorizing anyone who might be trying to, you know, one of those groups outside of the city that uh, like takes raiders. out the wilds, if you will. The dilapidated suburbs or wilds, squatters, roving gangs. Awesome. Perfect. And, uh, well, which of you is the prettiest or the smartest? Ooh. Well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I guess I already answered one of your questions. I don't know. My, my character... I don't I don't know if he would qualify as the prettiest or the smartest because he he doesn't know very much and he's just he's uh he's kind of a not much of a looker. He's a he's a, he, he well he's not ugly but he's a, he's like he's just like a scrawny little guy trying to uh trying to not stand out. Matthew I I I feel like well maybe are you someone that uh fought shoulder to shoulder with me once? Um Maybe, yeah. I, I feel like the best explanation for that would be when when Bravo was uh after after he had left Siliconia, after he'd left the place where he grew up, he was out in the wild and maybe Rex was out on a job and they kind of <clears throat> they kind of stuck together just uh just for safety. And that's what, that that's how Bravo ended up hearing about Eden and ended up coming here. And so that it's just, it's a dangerous world. And so just like by traveling together, they ended up uh, sharing supplies, uh, fighting side by side against the, you know, attack from random raiders. Uh, and yeah, so there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a there's a bit of a rapport there of like we've worked together like we know that we're reliable but also we've 
like it's like if you've been on the road with somebody for a long time you can also like you know you know how to you know how to bicker you know how to get under each other's skin a little bit yeah uh that sounds like that's uh how we met actually then and uh you know that's gonna be pretty good for rex knowing that your first interaction was traveling along with him and fighting with him even if you're not the best fighter well at least you're on his side yeah not not a hardened warrior uh willing willing to fight but not not exactly uh his specialty okay does this mean that both of you came to eden at the same time and just kind of bumped into each other on the road i think i've already been in eden for a little while um i feel like even if you hadn't joined eden at this point if you if you're a a tough you you could have acted as a bodyguard like delivering people out in the wild so you would have known more about it even if I don't know, even if you hadn't been a part of it. I think Rex, is, Rex has been in Eden for a short while. He was on the road for a long time, but uh, after trying to look for a place to settle, this is where he's currently at. Alrighty. I think that works for Hex. Who would like to go next? Uh, I can go next. Alrighty. Um, so, uh, which of you is the biggest potential problem? I think that's 100% Rex. Mr. Triggy, Trigger Happy McGee over there? I don't know. Rex isn't trigger Rex isn't trigger happy, but sometimes his bluntness and his desire to get things moving and uh his very, you know, one-dimensional approach to things sometimes could land more if 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 more of a uh, careful touch is needed in a job, uh Rex might not be the one to help with that and it might cause quite a few problems. All right, that so, makes yes, sense. So yes, I would be the biggest potential problem. And then the other question is, which of you is the most strange? I I feel like Gregor is more of a social chameleon. You know, he, he is what he needs to be in any situation. So, I don't know, strange? I feel like, I feel like for this one, within this world, neither of you is very strange. Like, if, if you, if I met you, if I, Aaron, met you, or met your character, I'd be like, that's a strange guy. But in the world of uh of dystropia like a hardened uh warrior who carries three weapons with him you know to a casual like get together or to like a work meeting uh is like totally normal or like this like this blend in take advantage of people like con man is also like yeah you know uh, yeah that's that's just gregor so i feel like for that one maybe the answer is no one that that is a valid answer because you do have options for for everyone else right hex minus one you've got other stuff to do yeah and other stuff to learn okay so i think this gives me hex plus two with rex hex minus one with gregor rex yep. plus two <laughs> so mine are pretty easy which of my character or which of your characters can i trust i think you can trust my character there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't understand and a lot of ways in which he just doesn't fit in, but mm -hmm. he's uh, he doesn't have much guile. He's pretty straightforward about what he thinks. Okay, Matt, how about you? I would say that Rex is more predictable than trustworthy. You know, you know how he's going to act, and you can rely on that a lot of the times. But uh, so if the table's ever turned, you'll know how he acts. Not that uh, he's really a traitor at all. 
but uh, I'd, I'd say he's more. I'd say he's more predictable than trustworthy. I, I I wouldn't trust you, but I can work with you. Exactly. Okay. All right. Then again, I feel like maybe Rex is the more trustworthy one of us because Bravo is like a, in general, like a really good guy, but then he'll have just like random gaps in things that don't make sense to him. Like, oh, oh, it's better to be free. Wait, but why are we helping other people be free? Like, just like random, like very unsettling, like, wait, is like, if I put my trust in this person, is there randomly going to be like something that he just hasn't picked up that like is going to cause huge problems for me? Okay. Well, I mean, that's a, a decision for, um, for Gregor to make because he's the one who determines whether or not he trusts you. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good point. What are you writing, Matthew? Got it. Uh, I Bravo, you're minus one, and Rex, you're a plus three. <laughs> so you don't trust me. Now I need to ask Rex, which of my stats is the most interesting to you? Um, it's got to be hot, probably. Okay. Okay. So Rex, Rex wants to see Gregor uh, manipulate some people or try to smooth talk his way into stuff. Or Rex can handle things on his own when it comes to things like cool and hard. So having someone else that can be the sociable person in those gaps he can't fill would really be beneficial. Rex, uh, I also have the most hex with you. So same question, which of my stats is most interesting? Weird. Fair I enough. Think you're, I think I think you're a weird guy. And I know I know in the context of this uh game, well, yeah, I think you're a weird guy. Alright, perfect. You're definitely on my side, but you're strange. That do be the case. And then, Rex, who do, who do you ask? As of now, it's Bravo that has the highest hex with me. So which of my stats sounds interesting? I think I'm most interested in cool for you. All right. The, uh, the ability to act under pressure in the way that you do is maybe something that... Uh, bravo is admirable of and maybe jealous of cool um i don't think that rex has taken any abilities that would replace his ability to roll cool is that correct um i have battle hardened which means when i act under fire or stand overwatch i roll hard instead of cool so that does actually uh, make it hard for me to roll cool okay then i'll say hard because yeah it's it's what gives you the the qualities that that Bravo admires then, which is your your battle hardened you know, world wise experienced self. Hard is what makes Rex Rex. Trent, you have us each highlight a second stat that you choose, right? Yes, I do. Okay, um, Bravo, I want you to highlight hot. Interesting. Um, Would you like me to read my stats? Uh, no, I actually have the pictures of your your uh your playbooks okay so gregor your cool is already highlighted correct my hot hot your hot is highlighted i would like you to highlight your sharp okay sharp and i already used my sharp so yeah yeah you can you can mark an xp uh, retroactively okay cool cool so your heart is highlighted correct rex yes my heart is currently highlighted let's have you highlight sharp as well i was hoping you'd say that i want i want to see y'all be interesting figure out some people read some situations i want you to learn things about this world and by learn i mean tell me what's true 